Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody, episode 93 of One Man's Opinion, the podcast that is sweeping the nation. Thank you, each and every one of you, for downloading, listening, subscribing, commenting, sharing with friends or however you've made this podcast part of your day or if you're just stumbling upon us welcome welcome in this is episode 93 i am jeff Mance. you find me over at fantasyguru.com elitefantasy.com and elitesportsbetting.com hear me weekday afternoons on sirius xm fantasy sports radio 4 to 6 p.m eastern time every weekday over there at jeff underscore Mance on twitter the Jeff Vance on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and on TikTok. Believe it or not, folks, you don't have to sit through my nasally drone this entire episode. I brought along a friend. I brought along a co-host, somebody much more knowledgeable than I am, hoping to make sense of Week 12 in fantasy football and just to have some positive vibes with Ray Flowers. How are you, Ray? Yeah, there, there's no way it's not possible that I'm not smarter than you or more intelligent than you. But it is a hundred percent possible that you are a better football analyst when it comes to week twelve, Jeff. So I appreciate, I, I appreciate it. Let's be honest 12. about this. You're pretty good at this stuff. Week twelve. I love that you specified not just fantasy football, just week twelve. Yeah, week thirteen. I'm not sure. Yeah, right. yeah. it's up in there. I have to prove myself yeah. every single time as well. I always say that when measuring intelligence, like there, there's a lot to it that do people it? don't. Yeah, yeah. How do you do it? Because yeah. like. You know, how smart am I for not working out or, you know, or, you know, whatever it is. Like, there's all different degrees of it. That's for sure. Are you in the worst shape of your life today, Jeff? I am, yes. I was yesterday and I am today. Every day I get progressively worse and there's no... No way around. I don't even have like the aspirations. Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get chicken. No, 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 no. It's not happening. Like, it's just it's not over. Going. Yeah, well, it's not over. It's just a different phase. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a different phase. And you know what? I'll be quite honest. I'm the laziest person with that because I was like always in shape just by doing what I normally did. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I just, I was tall and lean and I always ran around and was active and that's what I did. So I never really like pushed myself to, I got high school. I started working out and, and all that stuff, but didn't really, yeah, I was, it wasn't like it is now you work out for, to try to, Oh, I got to get cut. I never, didn't really think about that because it was more natural. And, uh, now I am also more natural because, uh, I am getting round like a pumpkin or something growing in the field, something like that. I I've had the reverse thing happen to me. Uh, I used to be, everyone knows this about me. I used to, I used to weigh like 35 pounds more than I do now when I was in high school and I Mm -hmm. I got, went on the thin side since COVID hit and I, you know, stopped going to the gym. I used to swim all the time. I'd drive over to the gym and I'd swim laps, you know, I'd get my goggles on and I just swim. I haven't done that. I've lost like five pounds of muscle. So um, like my shoulders are smaller, my biceps are smaller, my triceps are smaller, my lats are smaller. I'm shrinking, Jeff. Wow, you're shrinking. I'm That's shrinking. uh yeah. I don't know if that Still which, which is you, better. It's, but, yeah, it remains to be seen, but it yeah, cuz it's cuz you don't count hair. I think hair should count. That's my no, personal. Really with your hair too, you cheat like two inches. <laughs> I know it's, it is. <laughs> Just went to the barber yesterday. Got it or the on Monday. Uh, folks, we got a big show here for you today. It's a Thanksgiving episode. Happy Thanksgiving, Ray Flowers. 
Thank you. Same to you, Jeff. Thank you very much. Happy Thanksgiving to each and every one of you out there. Hopefully you celebrate. If you listen to this after you know, post Thanksgiving, hopefully you won a lot of money in daily fantasy football. Hopefully you were able to weather the storm. That is family and friends and that dinner table that no doubt vaccines and politics. Who'd you vote for? Stupid Democrats. You know, whatever it is, whatever happened, hopefully y'all survived it very, very well and uh, came out all right. And everybody, uh, bonded over something different ideally football or something like that uh for this episode i'm gonna give my whole lineup right we you and i did on the on the serious xm mm-hmm. show i gave we did our daily fantasy core four and you know after the show you and i are talking about like yeah you know solid but it didn't feel like very contrarian and, and so screw it for those of you downloading early you're gonna get my exact lineup that i'm literally using in DFS contests for week number 12 or for the Thursday games, I should say in tournaments only. So we'll get to that in a little bit here as well, by the way, let me ask you this. Cause this is come up by the way, follow Ray flowers at baseball guys on Twitter, all those places that I said, you find me find Ray there too. Guru fans, guru, elite fans, elite sports, betting, yada, yada, yada. But Ray, you know, I want to talk about Thanksgiving a little bit. All right. I want to think about this and I don't want to put you on the spot, make you uncomfortable. You think things within families themselves have got more contentious because there is no doubt in my mind that when I, what I just said, I was saying it as a joke because I, you know, I don't get into that, the politics bullshit or any of that stuff, but I have no doubt that there's people in my family that will bring it up and it'll start. Oh, well, people leave the room and shit. And I feel like that's sort of the norm. Do you feel like all of it has just got more contentious within families, like politics and whatever, you know, everything's politics nowadays, it seems like. But do you think that or am I just embellishing? No, no, no. I think that in my family, there's always been a different point of view. It's interesting when, you know, I would date ladies and bring them home to meet the family Ooh, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah they would always like the first time they would meet the family, they like would be stunned because in my family, especially my mom's side, everyone is just firing. Like there's 15 people in the room go and people are just talking at different points of views and no one, you know, there's debates. Um, No one, you know, the family is full of teachers. So everyone's used to expressing themselves. And there really wasn't like, I never walked away from a conversation. You never had to be careful. No. Yeah. We all just said our thing. And you know, the next day we were still family. Right. I, I'm not, I haven't had as much experience with my family the last couple of years because of COVID and the world and everything. So I'm not speaking specifically about being with them, but I've Trash heard through them. the grapevine. Yeah. I've heard through the grapevine Trash that them. there's some, there's, yeah. there's some of that going on with the family, you know? And again, we were huh. on the exact opposite end where everything was okay. And you're an idiot and who cares. Right. Right. So I unfortunately think you are right. I think it's the way of the world, Jeff. Not allowed to disagree anymore. And that, I mean, we find that you and I, in our social media circles and things like that. Like you, you seriously, like really can't disagree. And it used to be like disagreeing is just fun. It's just something we did. Sometimes we do it just for sport and just to, you know, have an opinion and go a different side. And now it's like, if you disagree with somebody, Oh my God, you're a, you're a fucking asshole. And you know, you should be burned at the stake and shit. It's, it's wild to me. It's like that. Um, my family, I, 
will say this. I don't think my, most of my family, uh, shout out to my nephews, the only ones that actually do listen to this podcast. So Mike, Chris, if you guys are listening, shout out. Um, but they know this cause they're younger. Yeah. My nephews are six years younger than me only. So I was an uncle when I was six, I was you know, wow. really young yeah, yeah. And, and all that. So we're close. We're more like brothers than we are anything else. And the fact, what I don't like about my family dynamic is that people pretend to be political because mm. you're faking it. We we never talked about that shit. Like we would talk about somebody's boyfriend, you know, my sister, older sister's boyfriend or my older brother's girlfriend or, or even his ex-wife, that stupid, you know, bitch that, uh, you know, <laughs> that fucking kicked us out of the, uh, kicked my parents out of the house to watch a wedding video and all this shit. Like th- those stories and those things, like, it, it never was, political and occasionally i remember like when clinton was running one time there was like my family had a stance i think they were you know they were republican technically they never did anything but they like claimed to be they were anti-clinton or whatever so there's like a little bit but nobody gave a shit like nobody even thought about it the fact that now they'll bring it up and talk about this shit it bothers me it's like, nah, man, nah, oh, fuck that. You're, this isn't who you are. This isn't what you're about. We were never like that. You know, now it's all just fake. It's all propaganda pushed upon us by whatever respective cable news shows you decided to watch. That's why I just watched the Hallmark Channel, right? <laughs> hear, right? Yeah, we talked about that on the serious show. Yeah, yes, we did. Just, just be happy and watch Hallmark. And you know, the ideal world that exists in those little houses on our uh, Christmas displays, actually, let's watch it on TV. Let's be part of it. It's so great. How to be happy. That's, that's a great thing. I, we brought some up on the, the show. We were given thanks to things that we, we liked. And Ray, I brought up TikTok. I think TikTok mm-hmm. is one of those things where um, you can go down the rabbit hole of political and vaccines and Trump and Biden or whatever you want. You, you can, but like, it never comes up on my TikTok because it's all algorithm based on how long you watch, how quick you swiped around. So I get like nothing but people making fun of the big 10 football teams and like fantasy football nonsense and betting lines and, you know, bit reactions to people losing bets. And it's just glorious, just fun. It's uplifting. It really enjoys it. When I, I, I've been open about on this podcast, Ray, about, you know, having to go not the, uh, for medical testing last week. And when I was in that hospital where my wife wasn't allowed in, I had nothing. I had myself. I just watched TikTok over and over. I put it at the lowest volume. So I, nobody else heard it. But I just did that. That that like was an uplifting thing for me. And I, you know, and I I like that. And that made me happy. And I think things that make us happy and don't divide us are are good things. Right. You had a couple on your list today. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I mean, yeah, I had what I prescription sunglasses, subwoofers, tiki um, life. You love tiki life. life. Yeah, you know, it's like and I think about this and and you know, we recently-ish moved a year ago we moved into a bigger place and I, my office now it's it's not quite as big as your office Jeff but it's pretty it's two rooms it's, it's a because it's like a sitting room in my office <laughs> yeah and I don't really do anything with it right and mm-hmm. um I've thought of like you know not telling my significant other because she would not approve oh yeah, yeah. um like reps. just ordering a bunch of tiki stuff on the side. And one day she walks down here and there's tiki on the floor <laughs> and there's, there's, you know, stuff in the lights and the ceiling and the, the you know, there's, I, so I thought of doing that. Cause it's like, there's just too much negativity. You know, there's too much. Yeah. It's just, we gotta be more positive. And, you know, back to your point about politics, not to go down the politics train, but my, 
you know this. My grandfather was the mayor of the local town five times. And mm-hmm. this is how this started is they were sitting around the table and for the you know bazillionth night in a row, he was bitching and moaning about how things were going. And his son, my uncle, said, Dad, if you got a problem with it, do something about it. And so he ran for office and he was the mayor five times. So and that's what I encourage everyone. Don't just sit around and yell at each other on the dinner table. It's stupid. If you think something needs to be changed, get involved and change it. The world needs right. people making difference. You know, there's a lot of stuff yeah. that needs help. And if you know, yeah. if you see an injustice, address it. Get out there. Don't regurgitate. Whatever's out there isn't working. I don't care who it is and what side of everything everybody's on. It what's out there now is not working. Neither side. If you can put all one side or all the other side, no, none of it's going to work. We do need difference makers, and we need them to speak for every all of us in the middle that really fucking hate everybody, you know, and just don't agree with any of it. Um, but yeah, so I, yeah, go out there and make a difference. I want to let's talk. I want Thanksgiving memories. I, I want to give a couple of these because this, this is something. It ties into something that I try to live my life like and try to be about. And I've told the story before. I told it when he passed away. It's my uncle Ed. Now the story here, here's a quick story for everybody. So when I was growing up, I was the youngest by a mile. My sister's 12 years older. Right. So by the time I was six, she was out of the house. She was 18 having my nephew, obviously. And, uh, (laughs) um, so like I was, I was so far behind her and they were all out on their own, but everybody would call my mom. So when we would have a birthday or holiday or anything else, everybody would call my mom and everybody, my mom would set everything up where it's uh, who brings what and and you know, you're bringing the green beans, you're bringing the pie, you're bringing, everybody brings something. Well, everybody fucking complained about it nonstop. Like they just not, it was, Oh my God, the drama with everybody fucking complaining about this shit all the time. So, uh, you know, when I was growing up, I, I can't, I was like, God, this is a nightmare. My mom has to go through it. And but my mom kind of was guilty of creating a lot of that drama, quite honestly. But then we, when I was a little bit older, my uncle Ed always had, um, he had a nice big house. He was very well off and he lived out in the, in the burbs and, you know, nice posh areas, uh, the Barrington of the, of, uh, those familiar with the Chicagoland area, real posh suburbs. And so we'd make the, the trip off there. We would do it for Thanksgiving all the time. And he, everything would always be done. Nobody would bring anything. Nobody. There was not a thing. And he had three kids of his own, my cousins. He would let all the kids go downstairs. He had a pool table, a ping pong table. He had a weight bench and TVs. And, and this, you know, this was in the eighties and nineties, you know, this didn't happen. It was the best place to be, but it was such a positive atmosphere because nobody fought about anything. He just went, he had everything catered by a restaurant, right? He's just like, he went and got it, got the food, the Turkey, everything else. And just here it is at just everybody was always welcome. If you wanted to be friends or girlfriends or boyfriends or whatever, everybody was always loved. There was no restrictions. It was so chill. It was so much fun. The amount of laughing. I had fun as a kid going there and just having, you know, doing all these good stuff. It was such a positive atmosphere. The, the adults would play cards. Some would play cards. Some would sit by the fireplace and talk. Others would watch the football game. Others would be, you know, outside if it was decent enough weather on Thanksgiving. You know, it's just, oh, it was a cool environment. And uh, something that I, I try to capture when people, you know, come to my place for holidays and things like that, right? It's nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting how the, you know, everyone's experiences are so different because not that 
we didn't celebrate Thanksgiving. We did every year, but Christmas was the family thing. Like Thanksgiving was usually just us and like my grandparents, maybe uh-huh. like it just, it was a really small. So I, I didn't have the, oh, over, yeah. yeah, I didn't have the, the Christmas time. Christmas Eve mm-hmm. is where, you know, the 30 people got out together and everything like that. So my memories are much quainter and yeah. smaller, uh, but there was the same, like you said, potluck and the, the stupid plastic, you know, um, covers on tables that have turkeys on them. <laughs> yes. And, you know, the little, um, yeah. the, the corn holders that look like corn, you know, for corn on the yeah. cob. You know, I have a lot of memories like that, but most of them are just about, you know, again, my nuclear family more than, you know, aunts and uncles and that kind of stuff like your experience was. Do you have turkey or uh, ham? We always had both. Um, oh, yeah. Now I even get so ham fucking now. rich. Yeah, well, you know. So wealthy. It's so a great pawn for many years yeah. too, Jeff, to be quite honest. Um, my brother's now a chef. So, um, you know, we used to get the stofers and stuff, but now my brother makes dinner and he'll do the homemade stuffing and all of that. And, but yeah, we always had ham and Turkey. Uh, it was always the pressed ham in the can, you know? Oh yeah. Like a football. It was always that. Um, now we get, yeah. Now we get the ham nugget from, uh, (laughs) um, world market or not world market from, uh, uh, I I let out a ham nugget like a half hour ago. Oh, there you go. Well, I actually eat two flushes yeah two flushes on that ham nugget you always go that's what happens friday morning jeff after oh okay uh but yeah we always had both um you know candied yams but my favorite's always i always went turkey potatoes bread that was my jam what about you yeah um always turkey and we didn't start having ham for thanksgiving until like I was at my house and some people started oh, asking oh. for it. And so we started going, yeah, it was long. It used, used to be just Turkey only my favorite part. It's not even close. It's the, the Turkey sandwiches. Mm-hmm. I will eat Turkey sandwiches for, so we're going to my mother-in-law's actually this year for the Thanksgiving one. And that's how I get Christmas. I made sure I get Christmas that way, but okay. like I, we are making our own Turkey. <laughs> I am like the, the dad in a Christmas story. Like, damn it, bumpuses! Like, I uh, I need my turkey sandwich. It is the, the highlight of my entire day is coming home after you know going to mother-in-law's, having fun with the family, coming home. The evening football game is going to be on New Orleans and Buffalo this year and whatever. I'm going to make two turkey sandwiches, Ray Flowers, fire those bad boys up, and it's just mm, – just delight. And I, you know, it used to be back in the day, we'd go through the newspaper then, all the, the Black Friday deals and mm-hmm. sales and all that kind of shit. Uh, now, I guess we'll probably still do it. The wife and I like to do that, but uh, we'll sit on our phones or tablets or something instead, see what Amazon has to do. But yeah, that's my favorite part. Two, two questions for you. Yes. One, mayonnaise on the sandwiches? Yes. Uh, yes. It has to be mayonnaise. Okay. Mm-hmm. Two, I, I know that you've used Black Friday to buy things as an adult and, you know, you order on your phone or your computer. Have you actually ever been out there at four in the morning on the sidewalk to get a sale, Jeff? Yes, I did it one time. I've made fun of people. I've made fun of my own family members for doing it, but then I did. I did it at a Toys R Us back in the day. I mean, my kids were probably, I don't even know. My girls were like, yeah, probably six and four or something like that. You know what I mean? And uh, it was during that stretch. You, I was actually, we were, I think we were working at Fancy Alarm at that point. And uh, like that's when you made career decisions and you know, money was extraordinarily tight and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I did. I went to a Toys R Us, stood in freaking line. It was 
beyond freezing. Like it was fuck. It must have. I mean, it was. I always say below zero. Probably, probably was realistically like twenty five degrees though. And I got there at like four a.m. or something like the three or four a.m. for which to me is nothing. Like the staying up, that's no big deal to me at all. But went and filled the shopping cart, got tons of shopping done. So yeah, I, I've done it. Um, not proud. My proudest moment. I never got in fist fights over a Barbie doll or something like that. But I definitely, I was the guy out there. I was doing. You never Arnold Schwarzenegger in a Christmas movie? Oh, jingle all the way! A underrated go. little uh, Christmas favorite, indeed. Yeah, that was a that was a good one. Um, but yeah, I've been out there and, and did that. That's for sure. Um, before that, like then there is the one I was talking about my nephews earlier. The other thing is we used to play our Turkey bowl Thanksgiving football game all the time. Oh yeah. And I never did that. See, there was a streak yeah. of like five years in a row where every year it was either me. Yeah. Probably me, my nephews and, or somebody, one of our friends or somebody close to the family would get hurt. We all got hurt at one point, like every single time. I remember I re-injured my back real bad. Um, during one of these, my nephew tore his knee. Like it's still fucked you know, to the, at this point, like, you know, 20 years later after the fact, but we would get hurt every year yet. We'd go out there and, and do it and try and play those football games. So that, that was uh, another tradition. It's gone by the wayside at this point, but something we used to do. I think uh, I played one year in my entire life on Thanksgiving. It was just really? never, yeah. It just never was a thing we did. Yeah. I mean, we used to have a standing football game with a group that like, Ted, my me, Ted, our buddies, Rich and Sean, all these guys, we used to play at a local park and um, we used to do it every Saturday morning. And usually we would all just roll. We'd be raging on Friday night at, at Gordo's apartment. And then we'd come, we'd go and play football, you know, still drunk off our asses. Probably let's be honest, um, you know, do that. So that would be like the crew on that. But uh, yeah, I used, to, I used to do that. I used to be active and do things. Oh, then there was, oh, this is the other one. I alluded to this. No, it was Phil Backert wasn't on our show on Wednesday. And I'm like, dude, this guy's still out there raging. It turns out Phil wasn't raging. Ooh. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed in him. But the other thing that Ted and I did, we used to have a standing poker game the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. We did this probably ah, it's six, seven, eight years in a row. Like that, it was just that was our big poker day, and we would play until and it was like dealer called it at this point. It, somebody had to leave with all the money. Basically, somebody would leave with all the money. That's right. the way we. How much was it. all the money? Hundred bucks? Ah, probably. I think we'd we probably each put in. May it depends. Every one of us different, but it was like twenty okay. to forty bucks a piece. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. still, you had you know ten guys. You're probably mm-hmm. eight, eight to ten guys. Oh, this is a good one. One year, this is one of my favorite story. This, my our buddy Gordo, who we were at my house, and um, we were you know I had like the whole upstairs to my house as a teenager, and. Um, at this point. And so they'd all come over and we party. My brother would have a, get us booze and everything. It was super cold out this, uh, that day on a Wednesday. And we'd played like four or five in the morning until you know, the sun was coming up. Well, we thought we heard shit like outside the, the windows. We thought we heard something outside. Like we went outside at a point and I like, couldn't figure it out. Like, something was weird. Well, well, my buddy goes out there. My buddy Gordo goes out to his truck at like four o'clock in the morning, he fuck, he screams and like he like creates this whole ordeal with the neighbors and everything. His 
girlfriend who eventually was his fiance had not believed thought he was cheating on her went and found his car at my house and broke in broke the fucking window to get into his car and slept on the front seat of his pickup truck it didn't have a cab or nothing this is the front seat of an old isuzu or datsun i'm sorry and slept there all fucking night she said that she was there for like six hours (laughs) in the freezing cold but why, what was she, what was the, I thought he was point fooling it. around. Didn't but, believe that he was going to play poker with us. She was a nut job, man. She wow, just, this chick right. was six ways, six ways sideways. It was, yeah, she, she, they eventually got engaged and then broke it off. Thank God before the, the marriage, but uh, boy, that would, would have been a disaster. But yeah, that was a, <laughs> happened on another Thanksgiving night. So some some old school memories from back in the day that Ray Flowers. Yeah, you got better ones than me. Mine are just eating turkey and falling asleep as I unbuckled my belt because I ate too much. And <laughs> you got craziness and broken body parts and gambling. You know, more fun than I did, yeah. What age did you officially become 60 years old? Was it like 16? Like when did it officially, when did you become an old man? Like it was, it was very young. Well, I was always the one that kept everyone out of trouble. I've affectionately mm. been called dad by my friends. So I was, oh, yeah. I was that guy at, you know, 13, Sounds but I didn't in the real world. Like I didn't stop raging until I was like 43, 44. Like when I, 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 my life, I'm just an old person now. It's all bad. It's downhill. Yeah, it is. It used to be you, five years ago. Yeah. yeah. You still do though. I mean, you, yeah. I, I don't go out and part like at all. And again, COVID has been different and thing lifestyle has been a little bit different, but even before that, like you were a worse influence on me than I was on you. Oh, yeah. I think that would surprise a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I, I was the guy tiki on, bar. I was the guy on a Thursday night walking to the pub. It wasn't yeah. Jeff Mann's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, um, oh, I'm tiki reading, bar, dude. Come on, I'm Jeff. Everyone kid. has to go to a tiki bar at least once a year. It should be like part of life. Um, by the way, are we going to FSGA this year? Do you know? It's a great question. I don't know. I was asked that the other day by my uh, my gal. Um, yeah. I don't know. I haven't. I, know I haven't really thought that much about it. I'm not sure. Too too much in the distance, too much to go four months from now. All right, folks, we'll get into some fantasy football here as well. Uh, Thought you guys would like some Thanksgiving memory stories out there. Oh, I always recap last week in fantasy football and DFS and all that good stuff. Had a losing week. My first complete losing week. Now, yeah. Third losing week in DFS overall uh, of the season, although technically one of those was a week eight that I had a, G- a, a big GPP that week. So technically it wasn't profitable, but our cash games, which is what we grade ourselves by, it, that lost. So uh, technically only a second losing week, but it, I didn't win any the betting. I was underwater betting. It was the first week, 11 weeks it took, Ray, of this NFL season to not draw profit anywhere. Like, you know, sometimes they're big, sometimes they're small, but it was kind of disappointing. I'm pretty depressed with myself last week. Humble brag. <laughs> I guess it's kind of is, but it's also a kick in the nuts because, yeah. uh, you know, a complete across the board loss, not something you want to brag about. Yeah. And by the way, just because I haven't said it, I don't think publicly people stop your nonsense. It's with that bragging stuff. Jeff doesn't brag. Um, oh, I know they were, they're brutal. I, I was, I was a dick. The people that responded like, okay, I'll tell the story on the podcast. Cause I'm always open about the podcast. So what people don't know, people know I'm going through a health issue, right? All, all that stuff. And you know, there's um, a lot of well wishes and I, I see them all. I appreciate every one of you, but I, so I got 
I did get a booster shot of the vaccine thing. Okay. And stop your bitching. It's just what I did. And my doctor recommended when you're in my situation, it's not, you don't get options. You don't get to decide. Uh, trust me on that. So I got a booster shot and um, didn't, you know, I wasn't feeling great that day. And then during the show, the energy, I became like almost blackout. And I was on the show with Ted that day. It was on Tuesday of this past week. And I was like, I had 102 fever. I was just, I could, I, I don't remember most of the show, but I do remember being a dick. And a lot of the things the people were like critical. And I went back and listened to like the last half hour. And I, I asked Ted later, I'm like, was I that? He goes, yeah, you're pretty honorary. And that's when Ted says that, that means, yeah, it was pretty bad. I went back and listened. I was pretty bad. So I, I'll fully cop to, I was a dick on that show, at least the one that a well, lot of people were responding to. Yeah. Well, whatever. But, um, you're a good I guy. Two hours man. after the show, two yeah. hours. I, I literally within six minutes of the show ending, I was asleep. Yeah. When, yeah, when you get, it. when you get the, I am for Jeff Mans, I slept the last two hours, which I, I am the, the nap day. guy. Like I'm the guy that tries to get the 15 minute nap at three 30 in the afternoon before I get back to the, you know, computer Jeff. I've never heard Jeff ever say, I'm going to take a nap. So happens. I figured there was something going on there, Jeff, when it was a two hour nap as well. <laughs> it was big because I felt better after that. After that, I was like, okay, I'm home free at this point. But in case you guys are wondering like, yeah, you're really a dick and telling us that we don't make enough money to play in these contests. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like, yeah, that's not what I want to be, but you know, well, what, what can you do? So uh, yeah, last week, I mean, in one game, it all came down to Kansas City, Dallas. It didn't work out. And I thought if that game didn't work out, we were going to slay the world. But nothing really happened as a result. Just was a overall just kind of a overall shitty week. A lot of things didn't go the way I thought they were going to go. And, uh, you know, that, that's that's that. Do you feel that, Ray, so, you know, things like that happen? Mm-hmm. Of course. Do you feel like people – just get mentally checked out after that, or they want to go and they want to change everything. You know, they, cause to me, that's, that's the problem. It's one thing to lose. Okay. Nobody likes it. Nobody wants it. Fine. But to say that, okay, we lost. So now we have to change everything we've always done and every system we've had in place for 15, 16 years. Like that's what bothers me so much. It's the violent. It's not reacting to a loss. It's the violent reactions that everything must change because something didn't go our way. Do you notice that being worse than it used to be? Or am I just more honorary as Ted would say? Maybe a little bit of both, but I would lean more toward it being more that way. Um, And I think you might be ornery because you're dealing with this stuff uh, cause and effect. The, you know, the, I don't understand this either because, and I've heard you do these podcasts. I've heard you talk about it, you know, on Sirius as well. Like, we're in an odd place now in the world because you don't, you don't make a call and have it fail and not feel bad that it failed. You don't need people to tell you it failed. All right. Right. Okay. You make a bad call. Jeff Manns doesn't say, well, screw you. And then just go do no. Jeff Mann says, why was that call wrong? What happened? Was it bad analysis? Was my model wrong? So Jeff is constantly, because it's the same thing I try to do, we're constantly trying to make adjustments when necessary. Now, the majority of the time we make the calls that we do when they don't work, it's because of something we maybe didn't quite take into account. Maybe something rogue happened. Maybe there was an injury. Okay. But it's rare that Jeff or I is ever going to come out and, and, you know, 
way, you know, write a 5,000 word article with all these thoughts in it and it's all wrong. I mean, come on, we didn't get to where we're at right now because we just throw stuff against the wall. Right. I would be more concerned as a consumer of a product. If, you know, to draw an example, we were talking earlier about cars. If you think V8s are great and they're the best thing going, you want the power, you want the horse, you want the horsepower, you want the, the torque, you want the, the rear wheel drive and your move after driving it for a week as well. You know what? Oh, hmm. Now I'm gonna get a four banger. That's a front wheel drive that has 182 horsepower. That's better. Like you, <laughs> you're going to change your whole, why? So the idea yeah. that the calls are wrong. Okay. The idea that there were mistakes made. Eh, okay. The idea that we change the entire process that wasn't created last week or last month or last year, it's been built upon for decades. I completely agree with you. That's taken it way too far and it's wrong. It's funny that, you know, I'm just randomly. So last night I've had, and I've confided in you personally, right? I had some, I've had problems sleeping lately. Not that I sleep a lot normally, but I did take that nap and then I could not go to sleep. Yeah, I could not. So, you know, I mean, Again, I'm writing the cash game breakdown. I'm reworking our projections. I'm going game by game. Do you know what? When I finally decided like 3.30 in the morning, I'm like, all right, I got to go get more water. Do you know what I did? What did you do, John? I went on uh, my tablet okay. and went to game pass and went mm-hmm. and rewatched the Steelers-Bengals game from week three. Okay. And week three. you know, uh, okay. week three, yeah, the previous matchup saw like I wanted to see how Joe Burrow is very cheap in DFS this week, and I'm thinking, why the fuck is he so cheap? And threw three touchdowns against him before, but the yardage wasn't there, so I'm like, All right, I gotta, you know, so I'm that's the work that I do, and that's the the effort that I put into this stuff, and I'm not going to leave a stone unturned or you know, just decide something without being informed as to why, why not, or maybe, you know, I'm put into work. And as I was doing it, I was thinking, yeah, there's nobody up at 4.15 rewatching this one. You know, you know, it's not going to happen. So like you said, the effort's there. And that that's what's made me a winner personally and what's made a lot of our subscribers winners in DFS NFL specifically. And thus we won't change. And you, you could call it ego and you can call it, what at narcissism, anything you want it. I don't know how it's just confidence. I think, and that's the part that gets lost. It bothers people when you lose. And if you use my advice or, or raise and Ray and I, we all lose together. And then we, it doesn't affect us the way it affects you. And that's, I know that's what riles you up and gets you pissed off. I don't, but the thing is, there has to be an understanding on the other side of it that, you know, they, it's not that it doesn't piss me off or that I'm not extraordinarily motivated for the following week or that. It's just that there's nothing that can be done. It, what's done is done. We move on. We learn from the experience and we've moved on to the next task at hand because there's money to be made next week. So it's not a matter of not caring or being flippant about a loss or any of that shit that people accuse me of sometimes it's that I just know that the wins are going to be there. Well, and let me say something to this too, that, and I've thought about this a lot because I, I always follow you on Twitter and you're back and forth and I'm in the chat rooms and, you know, and the, or the discord, excuse me, over at fantasy guru. And it's like, I see some of the, the venom and anger that's spewed at you. And I, you know, I've told you this, I don't think half the people even really understand what you're saying. I mean, they're, they're arguing points that you never made or they're misunderstanding what you said, that kind of thing. 
But this idea with some people, and I don't, I don't know what the percentage is, but with some people that if Jeff Manns isn't right 98% of the time, he's an asshat. Where, where, where does that come from? Like yeah, you are supposed to be better at this than every human being on the planet or you're an abject failure. You can be better at this than 95% of people in the world, Jeff, and people would bitch and moan at you all the time because there's 5%. I mean, I, the idea that head coaches don't know, the idea that the players don't know, the ideas that the front office don't know, that's okay. But when the people come to our site, you better not ever be wrong. I just don't understand yeah. that mindset. The process is what matters most. You've talked about the $100,000 winner this week with Joe Flacco. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's stupid. Yeah. That's, That's just a random million, luck. Million dollar winner. Oh, million dollars. Sure. Million dollars. Yeah. Just random stupid luck. Okay. Right. It happens and whatever. Okay. There's no analysis there. That's not the right thing to move. It worked. It's not the right, right. thing to do. It's and if the person did that again, guess what? They're gonna lose the next lose. 14,000 times they play. Yep. Okay. The process yep. is what matters. And if people can't separate that, you know, you made the wrong call on player A or player B and understand how you got there, why you got there. If they can't understand the process itself and some people don't get that, they're never going to get it and they're not going to be successful in DFS. It's true. No, or anything realistically, but Toad could not say it better myself. That's for sure. So as we move on here, Ray, Thursday, Thanksgiving games, three games going, Chicago, Detroit, Vegas, Dallas, Buffalo, New Orleans. Boy, you look at some of these games, you're like, oh, at the beginning of the season, like, oh, that's that's exciting, right? You got new coach and upbuild in Detroit and Chicago. Maybe Justin Fields will be starting by that point. That's exciting. And, you know, John Gruden and Vegas going to Dallas. And, you know, Dallas exciting, two exciting offenses. And, oh, boy, Taysom Hill and the New Orleans Saints or maybe Jameis Winston if he wins the job against the powerhouse AFC, you know, and – Possible Super Bowl preview at the beginning of the season, New Orleans versus Buffalo. Yeah, none of that's happened. These are all dog shit. They're all dog shit. All of it. It's just complete, utter, like not one game really is intriguing at all to me. I think, I guess Vegas, Dallas would be the one I'm looking forward to the most. Well, it's like there was a point in this week, and I guess it could still happen, that it's Boyle versus Dalton. <laughs> you know, and if it's yeah. golf versus Dalton, is that any better? No. I mean, that's. You know, I know there's history with the matchup and all of that, but yeah, these are, um, yeah, some rough, some rough games here we got, but it, hey, it's Thanksgiving, you got three games, you know, it's the family, yeah. it's all the stuff we were talking about at the start, but it's a, it's a rough slate if you're talking, you know, DFS or the fantasy game. No doubt about it. So uh, Ray and I did a daily fantasy football core four for everybody on the Wednesday's Sirius XM show. I'm going to give you my full main lineup. How about that? The whole lineup fully. And again, there are, yeah, there's, there's a couple things. It's not a cash game slate, meaning you can play 50-50 contests. I still strongly recommend them because any chance you have 50% chance to win over 15 to 20% chance to win, you take the 50. That's just a better environment. But you can't get a true cash game experience, meaning there's just not enough games. There's not enough diversity. There's not enough to build a true cash game lineup. So you can play those contests, no problem. I get it. But you're still building tournament-style lineups, which means you got to be different. you got to leave money on the table. You've got to use players that you normally wouldn't even consider playing because you have to be different because you're still getting a ton of players entering your entries in these tournaments, but you're doing it with a smaller player pool. So um, 
in that regard, if you're playing a hundred lineups or 150 lineups, a lot of people are just going to stack games and teams and all that good stuff. I am playing only tournaments and swinging for the fences and getting aggressive, but at the same time, right. I'm not going to stack games necessarily. I'm going to try to identify the best players, players that will score the most points in all three of these games, as well as some other, you know, salary for contrarian type plays that outperform more recognizable names. So I'm still kind of diversifying between those three games a little bit as, mm-hmm. as opposed to, ah, fuck it. I'm going Bill's Saints stack and, you know, I'll eat my turkey sandwiches and either win or lose. I'm going to diversify these lineups still. Yeah. And you talked about it on the series show too, about the mental thought process of actually constructing a team on the small slate. And you know, how is it different? You mentioned cash game, all that kind of the idea that, and I'm paraphrasing and you did not say this. Don't Uh say that Jeff said this. Don't put words in my mouth. Yeah. Um, I'm paraphrasing and tell me if I'm wrong. This is basically kind of fun. This, this, this slate. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, you know, don't play this slate looking to make money to, to pay your mortgage this, this month, you know, it's right. not, so, you know, it's not, and again, it's not that there's no analysis. It's not flippantly saying, Oh, go away. But just understand that, you know, it's three games and you know, we're, we're trying to diversify here and, and win some cash. Don't, don't take your much needed bankroll for the whole season. If you're on a whole season plan and you're trying to get better and you're building and you've had some down weeks, don't take, don't use, those much needed resources and play a Thanksgiving slate. Don't use any money you can't afford to lose on the slate. Don't do it. This is entertainment purposes. This is like going to a bar and you, you know, your scotch and soda isn't, you know, nine fifty, but it's what they charge. Right. And so that's what you're doing here. If not yeah, just don't, don't do it. Right. Just don't play it. Don't, don't play DFS in it. I mean, I strongly recommend and cause it's only two days and then you know, you have to wait. And then Sunday's here where we get nice 10 game slate. Right. And there's plenty of cash game players and double up. So uh, good points on that Ray. And yeah, this one I'm playing just for fun. And I, I mean, I expect, I don't, I'm super competitive. Yada, yada, yada. I expect to lose this slate every year. I expect it. I, it's not even, it's not even one where I'm being responsible about it. I'm not even considering being responsible. I'm just going for it. And I expect I'm going to lose every single cent. If I pull some back. Awesome. If I hit a big one, hell yeah, but it's not expected. This is all just for fun purposes. So uh, good points to make my main line. We, we gave the core four of Josh Allen, Deandre Swift, Cedric Wilson, and Darren Waller. And there wasn't a lot of, and we're using FanDuel prices in the FanDuel lineup here, folks. So I think this plays on DraftKings as well for those that listen. Um, But expanding off of that, Ray, using Josh Allen, the reason we said we'd use Josh Allen is because he gives us that rushing upside. Like nobody, no other quarterback can get us 40 points in this slate. Allen's the only one. Now, Dak, if C.D. Lamb comes back, which I don't think he will. I, that's another thing we can say on serious. You can go off on that. Um, but I, I think it's all bullshit. I think the whole thing is bullshit. Just no fucking way he plays no fucking way. A doctor clears him. You know, there's just no way. I, would I be surprised? No, because who you are is everything in the NFL and they want their ratings and they want their mega pie. But I would be surprised at the same time. I still would say, I doubt he plays. So 
without those weapons, I just don't think Dak could get to Josh Allen's level. Yeah, and that's totally, you know, it's totally fair. Um, Allen has been hit or miss. He's been up and down. He hasn't been as consistent as last year and all of that. But like you said, the ability to go 50 and a touchdown on the ground. Uh, Prescott can run and he gets in the end zone. Okay, but Allen's ability to have design plays and to be more consistent in that component of the game is there. Uh, he's obviously surrounded by skill players that are healthier than what Dak has too. Um, so I think that, yeah, if we're talking about where we could be at the top, like you said, that magic 40-point level, I would feel more confident of Allen's ability to do that than Prescott. So uh, that leaves us, you know, Josh Allen. So what kind of, we know the core four, what weapons do we want to use with Josh Allen? I think because of his running ability that we don't necessarily need to use multiple weapons here, right? For Josh Allen to go off, I will, we'll use one of his weapons and I'm going to choose to go Emmanuel Sanders over Stefan Diggs or Cole Beasley. Um, Diggs would be the logical choice. He's the main guy, but I love every, I watch these games and every time they need a big play third down um, target rates over 22% this season for Emmanuel Sanders. He's just, he's the guy when push comes to shove Josh Allen trusts the most and capable of going off. We saw that nice stretch of two touchdown games, two out of three uh, earlier in the season granted against some shitty defense and this New Orleans secondary ain't nearly what it used to be. And Oh, by the way, little revenge narrative for Manny Sanders in New Orleans as well this week. Revenge. Um, yes. He, he last scored a touchdown in week five and he's mm-hmm. averaging like three catches and 42 yards the last five games. So he has not produced fantasy numbers the last month to match the hot start or to make anyone excited about him. And I think if we're talking the DFS world, obviously everyone's going to go digs. I think a majority of people would then probably focus on Knox next. I think, Beasley because of his ribs right. and that he's out of the mix. So I think it goes Diggs, Knox, Sanders in terms of the order people would be interested in them, which is another you know feather in the cap of Emmanuel Sanders. I think. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's the direction I prefer and the way I would like to go. So I'll team him with Manny Sanders. The rest of the lineup. I'm go- we're going to we had DeAndre Swift in there. I'm going to use both running backs in that game. Now mm. I think Andy Dalton's sneak. I think he is, and the fact that. The deep ball against Detroit is always in play because they, they, you know, they keep things under wraps pretty well, but they also give up explosive big plays in the passing game too. Now, Goodwin, Mooney, Dalton, is that enough here? I, I think there's some, there's an argument for it, no doubt. But most likely this is going to be a grounded pound game. Both te- Chicago wants to win because Nagy wants to keep his job. Obviously Detroit wants to win. They're going to put the ball in. They're going to play it closer to the vest. I think so. Montgomery and Swift is what I'm going with. As we look at the other running backs, I'm not worried about fading. Kamara's not playing. Ingram's banged up. Tony Jones becomes very intriguing, whether Ingram plays or not just as a secondary guy fading Zeke Elliott. Yeah, it's dangerous. And Zeke could go crazy, but he's been banged up in each of the last two games. He just doesn't look like himself. And I think Tony Pollard could easily usurp some production out of Zeke as well. So I don't think Zeke has near the upside nor near the floor that a lot of people will base his base uh, it on with name recognition. Yeah, based upon your experience in mind, which DFS, which couldn't be more different, you know, because you've got so much more experience than me. I, I would initially, when I was looking at this for our show today, I honed in on Tony Pollard, and then I started, the wheels started going, the game theory wheels, right? Because it's like, mm-hmm. well, shit, is everyone else going to do that too? 
Right. Like it just, it seems like such an obvious pivot, short week, knee ankle issue for Elliot. He says he's fine, but you know, we know that Pollard's looked more explosive, all those kind of things. And so, uh, you know, it's like, I feel like it's almost too obvious. And again, it's only six teams. So we got to do something, you know, along those lines. But I think that it makes a lot of sense to think that, you know, Pollard has a week where maybe it is 14, 15 touches. And if that's the case, he's very attractive. Right. And I think he's in play here for sure at our uh, flex spot. Like absolutely could be in play there as well. Um, So Swift Montgomery, Cedric Wilson is in. I like Cedric Wilson a ton. If CD lamb sits, which I believe he does. If CD lamb gets cleared, he's not out yet. The Cowboys always support three wide receivers and you've had you know, big Michael Gallup games in the past. So the fact that Cooper's gone already, you know, lunges him up. And I think this guy gets the ball. Dak will target him every time he's on the field. It's not a lot of volume because he doesn't get a lot of snaps, but when you start looking at the target rate and you're like, Holy shit, it's getting targeted 30, 40% of the time he's, he's on the field. That's, Pretty surprising and um, huge drops last week in those seven targets, four for 36 against the Chiefs. But I, I think he's under the radar enough. I kind of like him even more if CD Lamb's out. So either way, I'm playing him. I mentioned Emmanuel Sanders is in there too. And I think the third guy, um, the only player I'm going to be interested in this week on the New Orleans Saints, Ray. That's my boy, Traquan Smith. Mm. I was very in on Traquan Smith and DFS uh, last week. Didn't quite do it, but you know, Traquan is quietly, he's top 12 in the NFL in snaps amongst wide receivers. Good rapport with, um, with Trevor Simeon. He is running a lot out of the slot, which is the weaker spot for you get less Tredavious white which is very important and the coverage map to, uh, to, to get away from. I, I think that Traquan Smith's going to be targeted frequently, especially the more the bills have the lead. Like we're going to get a, uh, we're, we're going to get a nice, we're going to get double digit targets out of Traquan Smith. And he's a big play guy that can take the top off a of defense at any point, especially out of that slot. So I like Traquan Smith here, right? Yeah. He played 95% of the snaps last week. Um, had a season best target total, season best catch total, season best yardage total. So he may not have gone off, but again, and score a touchdown. Yeah, that's yeah, the right. Problem. But yeah, again, ninety five percent. It's all there. Yeah, the, the eight eight targets, five catches, ninety five percent snap rate. It's all there. Fifteen targets the last two games, playing over ninety percent in both those games. Like you said, uh, it's all there for that big effort this week. So I like him, and that's the three receivers: Sanders, Wilson, Traquan Smith. Darren Waller will be our tight end. Dalton Schultz is right up there. And I think there's a decision to be made between Cowboys. Do we want to go Pollard or Pollard and um, Waller, or do we want to go Schultz and maybe Marquise Goodwin right in that spot? I, I think there's, there's a lot of, it's a tough call between them. I think Dawson Knox is very much into play as well. Um, those targets from last week were fantastic. Right. And um, so there, there's a lot Vegas, not good against the defense. I mean, Las Vegas, I believe, what are they? Fifth worst, sixth worst against the uh, DVOA against the tight end. I think they're sixth worst on the season and Dallas never can cover the tight end though. And I look at what Vegas did last week and got the ball, to Waller kept going to him, his red zone and end zone target rate 
you're the highest by a mile of any tight end in the league. And right up there, I think he's the highest if you count receivers. Uh, he's top three for sure if you count receivers in that regard. He's just getting a ton of that work. So I'm not using any other Raiders. So prefer to go Waller on that route. And I'm going Bill's defense because I, Trevor Simeon, it, New Orleans is a disaster. You got two of their uh, two more offense linemen down for them. Simeon's a turnover machine. Bills are going to be motivated that the best defense overall on the slate and they're 500 less than the Chicago bears for some reason. Fuck that. So I'm going bills defense just because they, they have the highest upside of anybody as well. That leaves us our flex play Ray flowers. And that's where it comes down to me. Either we take the risk and go Marquise Goodwin who is questionable for this game, but the big play receiver against a team that bleeds big play production or we go with your thought, and that's Tony Pollard of the Dallas Cowboys, in which we'll have high ownership, yes, but let's say Dallas blows them out. We're going to get a lot of Pollard. Let's say Zeke tweaks the knee again or ankle. Going to get a lot of run. You know, he, he has a ton of upside or just gets his usual 10 touches per game and, you know, takes it 50 yards to the house in which he's got that upside. So which side do you like more? I'll leave it up to you. Well, I think like Goodwin had the big game last week, right? He basically just ran fast on a 50-yard catch. He wasn't covered, right? And that's, you know, when you're that kind of player, um, you have the ability, and it's why people played Deshaun Jackson for years, right? You have that ability to take the lid off the defense. You're exciting. What's the volume look like with Goodwin? Six targets tops? Yeah, yeah, I think six, six tops is about it. So, you know... If one of those is a bad pass, if one of those is a good defensive play, now we're down pass to four catchable. Yeah, now we're down to four catchable passes, and it's like okay. And I mean, I think you play this one of two ways. I I think the smart play is to go Tony Pollard, but again, we have to game theory it because I think the smart play is Tony Pollard. So does that? No, is his ownership rate eight <laughs> times higher than Goodwin? Is it two times higher than Goodwin because Goodwin had the the big numbers last week? I would go Pollard, but again, Jeff, you're better at constructing the teams in the DFS scenario than I am. Well, I think this is where you look at it. I got Montgomery for the Bears. I've got Cedric Wilson for the Cowboys. That's all we have from either one of these teams, which, mm-hmm. and do we want to be invested in Bears or Cowboys? And, you know, there's uh, Bears, the Cowboys is the one most people will go on. Um, so Pollard expected to have about twice, only twice the ownership, 16% to 8% for uh Goodwin and e- even the small sample. So I think they're small uh, slate, I should say. So it's not that much profoundly different, um, versus both of them. So it's a really tough call. I'm going to ultimately end up going though with the, with the Ray flowers side oh, and go Tony Pollard. Yeah, okay. I think that's the way to go. I like it. It's uh, yeah. I think they're both very close. I'll have a lineup with a good one share. Um, and I'll use Dalton most likely in that. Cause mm-hmm. why not? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to get those big strikes, you might as that's well push all the way in on yeah. it. So Josh Allen, DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery, Emmanuel Sanders, Cedric Wilson, Traquan Smith, Darren Waller, Tony Pollard, Buffalo Bills defense. That's your lineup, baby, for the Thanksgiving Day slate in DFS. Let's talk seasonal fantasy football. Week 12 is upon us here, Ray Flowers. Some starts and sits across the National Football League. Um, On Sirius, I changed things up 
we'll go back to our previous format for the purpose of this podcast leads this week. Couple of players that I am starting at quarterback. I'm going to start Joe Burrow. I'm going to start Russell Wilson. I'm going to start Carson Wentz. I'm going to start Derek Carr. That means I'm leaving out Kirk Cousins, which hmm, he Cousins has done nothing but produce. It's kind of like if he were to see my rankings every week, Cousins would be like, why? What up, man? Come on, bro. What the fuck? And I'm also leaving out Cam Newton. So the ins and outs, any issues with those guys? Yeah, but you also mentioned on the show on Monday how Cousins had three turnovers basically wiped out last week, right? Yes, eyeball test, yes. You know, overall, he's got two picks and he's played great. And look, Kirk Cousins, he is what he is. And that is 261 and two. Like, it's just there, right? It's And there's no rushing component there. And, you know, at some point you can't, you know, throw the ball 150 times between interceptions. Okay. I have no issue with that. And the other one you said, Cam Newton, right? I mean, right. Yeah. And I, and I, I mentioned this on the serious show too. I just have a problem with this kind of quarterback just mentally. I mean, I, you know, cause again, I don't think Newton played very well last week. He didn't play bad, but he didn't play well. Um, he didn't even get 250 yards from scrimmage. So the Newton play is, is he's got to get in the end zone as a runner. He really does. And that's, you know, what he has done of late because, you know, he hasn't, what are the numbers? Let me pull the numbers up as we're talking here. Oh, Cam, Cam Newton, you know, ni- last 19 games has 11 touchdown passes. Hmm. I mean, that's like it's, it's more. That's actually more than I thought. Yeah, well, it's like it's yeah, 1946 football. Games. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 14 rushing scores. So a right. phenomenal rushing touchdown number. But it's still only 25 touchdowns in 19 games. And we just talked about Kirk Cousins. He's always getting two touchdowns. So I just, you know, I think Newton is a great guy to have as your second quarterback on your team. And if you got to do it, okay. But it's really hard for me to say he's got to be started. Uh, yeah, I, and I agree. I, I mean, I do agree with that. And uh, those were more passing touchdowns than I thought. Mm. Rushing touchdowns, not surprising. But, you know, Cam, the one thing that stands out is getting in the end zone. Yep. And he's good um, for that. The players I'm starting at the running back position, I mentioned that I really like Miles Sanders this week and pretty much every week nobody runs like the Eagles averaging over 40 rushing attempts per week. The volume is just unbelievable. And the fact that you're going to get, I don't care. You can call it. I don't care if he only had 45% majority. That's massive. When you start talking about the amount of pure touches by the running backs, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like other teams that run the ball 26 times or 25 times a, a week or 23 times a week. And somebody gets 60% of that to me. No, I don't give a shit about that. So I'm in a Miles Sanders um, this week. I start Kareem Hunt if he comes back, assuming he does. And it looks like as this recording his. And Josh Jacobs on Thursday, Miles Gaskin against Carolina. It's terrible, but I'm still starting him. Meanwhile, players I'm not starting at the range. Ideally, Ray, I can't do Alex Collins. I don't see anything with Alex Collins in this running game. If people bitch and complain about Russell Wilson, but my God, there's nothing with this running game going on either. There's not. And it's, um, it's not even really... pass catches or anything for him. Yeah. And that's the issue. And then when he starts losing goal line work, as he did last week, then it's like, Oh crap. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just, you know, it's for some people, Hey, you got to, I get it, you know, but you don't do it with any level of confidence. And, you know, if he doesn't get a touchdown, he's, he's in this zone now. He's kind of like the tight ends, right? He doesn't get a touchdown. It's nine points. Like that's like a best case scenario. And that's really tough to, to trust in the fantasy game. 
Yeah, it really is. So uh, I think that's that. Yeah, that's that. And then all oh, players I'm leaving out. I'm not starting Devonta Freeman and or Melvin Gordon either. Like if I and I know Revenge. I've been this, I know against the Chargers, he's played him already. But um, I, if I had to start one, especially coming off the bye, it's Javante Williams. I'd rather speculate that they they're going to f- fully make that change at this point. I'd rather speculate on that than to count on a 51% majority for MG3. Revenge. <laughs> now, um, yeah, the Williams did take over after a fumble last week. I think that uh, Gordon's fumble, last game, the, Gordon weeks, had yeah. that fumble, and then he had like Williams had 80% of the touches the rest of the game for what it's worth. I hope he, I mean, we all hope it, right? The metrics are off the charts, the eyeball test. Uh, you, you know, you saying this four months ago before the season, it's all there. Um, so let's hope that we see a little bit more of Javante this week. Good grief. Like I I can't even imagine. I know. Right. Can't even imagine not seeing him at the wide receiver position. Some players that I'm in on, uh, this week, Ray flowers include, um, Cedric Wilson, who I've mentioned, Emmanuel Sanders, (laughs) funny, my DFS guys, Van Jefferson, another important one. I think that, um, I had like, I think that the Rams will make Odell Beckham a thing. Like they will force the ball to him. So I have Beckham ranked higher. I was going to ask you about that. Cause yes. like, you, you had nice things to say. You've always had nice things to say about Jefferson and including, you know, this week. So yeah. Talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the thing Beckham they'll, they'll have designed plays for him as they did previous Monday night. It led to their detriment. Now he spent two weeks doing exactly that jacking off to the idea of uh the fucking Beckham uh like that's his whole thing but it, it's just like anything and you know I'm not going to get into specifics but there's a lot of people like to take the credit for what's happening right when things are going good people are quick to take the credit and there's always somebody rises up and just it's the star of that but meanwhile there's other folks that do the actual work and those people are the ones who actually did perform and the reason why and i think the rams have a really good game i project them to score the most points of any team in the nfl this week against green bay i love this game from a dfs standpoint and i think van jeffers gonna get a shitload of targets uh he i have him just under 10 targets in this game i'm at seven catches in this game uh so I think he's going to be, he's, he's a guy, if he's on your team, start him. Beckham is that higher upside. There's no doubt. And they're going to force, they're going to give him the opportunities to hit that upside. See, part of the thing with upside play, especially receiver, is will they even give him that chance? Right. Marquise Hollywood Brown has a massive, he could 75-yard touch any time. Will he get a chance to do it? Very rarely do you say, oh, yes, he is going to get that chance at least multiple times in the game. So he has a better chance to actually come through with one of them. And that's Beckham. So I just think Van Jefferson's a more safe, secure play, you know, but would you also, if people are asking this question, prefer him rest of the season or would you go Beckham? No, I'd go Van Jefferson. Okay. Yeah. But I, I, the other part about Beckham is this could be the game. Mm-hmm. Or it's next week that he pulls that hamstring groin, whatever who he's yeah. going to call it. Cause mm-hmm. he he's here for the playoffs. I know it. He knows it in his heart. He could have gone, he gone to green Bay. He could be up there right now, but it's sunny in LA and it's a nice place to get your rehab done and get treatment. 
And that's what's going to happen with Beckham, and I'm sure of it. I'm just so positive about it. So, yeah, that's my thought there. Players outside of the top 36 at wide receiver, um, Cortland Sutton pains me to say it. I love Cortland Sutton. Love him to death. Just give him a big new contract in Denver. But, Ray, he just doesn't get the ball for whatever reason. And until they take Teddy Bridgewater out, I'm going to have to bench Cortland Sutton. Nine. That's the number of targets he's got his last three games. They just gave him $500 million and he, you know, and he got, <laughs> you he's imagine got that seriously. Think yeah. about what that says as an organization. Yeah. Well, listen, you, anybody could have three targets a game and fine. And you'd say, well, you know, it's just not a big part of our offense or he's not getting over whatever, but then to go and give him a massive contract too. That's ridiculous. I mean, that's fucking ridiculous right there. So, and Tim Patrick, who we mentioned too, got a big contract extension. Uh, okay. You got no yeah. fan there. You got Jerry Judy there. Like, we need to get a quarterback to get these guys the ball. Are they just signing these contracts hoping that they can get Aaron Rodgers next year? Like, what's going on? Kind of feels that way to me. I, I think yeah. they, th- I, I wouldn't doubt knowing Aaron Rodgers that there is that deal, that there is already a deal in place. Like, it's already going to happen. I wouldn't doubt it for a millisecond, right? I, it just wouldn't. Um, so nine, nine targets in three nine. weeks. Let's, let's back up the nine. bench. Truck. Okay. Uh, there you go. A tight end this week here, or, uh, yeah, those are some players I'm not into. I got to speed this up tight end spot here. I'm starting Dalton Schultz, starting Hunter Henry, Rob Gronkowski, Evan Ingram, Philly bleeds fantasy production or dead last DVOA against the tight end spot as well. Um, so I'm definitely going to start Evan Ingram of the giants as well. He's in the top 12 this week outside yeah. Dan Arnold, just yes. outside, you know, he's just, uh, just got I shut knew out. You last liked year. him, Jeff. Yeah. Oh, people all over my ass about that. Um, and then Logan Thomas coming back for Washington. We knew what Logan Thomas was before, before the injury he was a very productive every week starter tight end, but just don't know what it is now. You know, Ricky Seals Jones was productive that he wasn't. And you know, John Bates was there last week. Didn't do yeah, a couple targets, but uh, I just want to see it one time out of Logan Thomas before it, plugging him in. Isn't it interesting though, no matter who the tight end has been, and there've been three of them, they basically throw them three to five passes and play them 90% of the snaps. Like yes. they're, 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 talk about the office and the scheme being the way it is. It doesn't matter who the player is. They're just plugging them in and just running the same plays, calling. It's just pretty remarkable with three guys. Yeah, it really is. Um, and uh, I like that. I love when we could uh, you know, set our watch to an offense, no matter who it is, whoever the player is. I, I love that kind of shit beyond belief let's get to uh so did i do all them yeah i did the yeah, guys don't kick your defense Jeff. Don't do no it. fuck that noise all right. all right survivor pick of the week one team that we guarantee will win this week ray flowers who would be your survivor pick it's kind of a tough week realistically you mean guarantee you gotta say by the way i don't know if you know this but we're i'm in this high stakes survivor pool okay um, how you doing through the yep. uh, uh circuit contest uh, mm-hmm. doing well still alive but they, and we knew this all year long, you have to choose a team on the Thursday slate. It's not all week. Oh, they wow. separated the Thursday games, Two and they games. also did Christmas. Wow. They tried, so you have to pick one right on Thursday. So, oh, shit, right? And uh, um, put it this way, I already used the Buffalo Bills. 
okay. who um, would be my number one pick there. So I guess I'm going to go Dallas Cowboys. Uh, that's nerve wracking for those who have to do that. But if you look at this entire, I'll give you the entire week. Oh, the right? entire slate. Oh, I was getting yeah, nervous. Yeah. Okay. No, don't get nervous about that. But I, there's a lot of close games this week. Yeah, there really are. It's really it's, are. There's no major lopsided week. So if your survivor pool hasn't ended yet, it's going to end this week. I have a feeling. Who, who yeah. would be your selection? Do you think? Who's your and I'm really not good at this. I will admit up front. So don't take this one to the bank folks. Um, boy, looking at this, I'm going to go kind of broker. I'm going to go the Eagles over the giants. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And, I mean, that's, it's a pretty good one. I think that's a good one. Um, giants. The only thing about the Eagles and I'm very bullish on it, is that defensively, you can't, you know what they're going to do. You just <laughs> got to stop it. Now the giants have been better against the run in the past <laughs> than they've showed this season. I don't know if they could adjust to that on the fly. And I also like, I don't, I wonder what the Jason Garrett, yeah. fallout is there right. as well but I, I like it i dig it that's for sure i mean giants are third worst dvoa against the run so um that makes a lot of sense going philadelphia i will um again looking through all of it if if you still have the buffalo bills they would be my pick i just don't think this is even going to be competitive against new orleans so on that early game if most likely you've already used the bills this season though. And if you've already used the bills, kind of <laughs> it's weird. I like Carolina mm-hmm. over Miami. Mm-hmm. I do not believe in this Miami resurgence. And that another game would be new England over Tennessee as my third. I never liked Tennessee whatsoever, even though Vrabel does uh, do well against Belichick in the past, but that's my in order Buffalo Carolina, New England in that order. I don't mind Philly either. They would probably be fourth on my list here for Survivor. So there you go. My best bet of the week. Oh, you know, this is a tough betting week. I'm going to get in more player props this week over on EliteSportsBetting.com. I'll give you guys one game um, against the spread. The Rams-Green Bay game over 47. This is what I love. Two great offenses defense solid for LA. There's no doubt, but nothing Aaron Rodgers will come. He can't overtake. It's, it's a back and forth game. This is a vital game for both teams, right? And Rams are in a dog fight with the Cardinals at this point, have to keep, they cannot drop two games behind Arizona and green Bay is good in the division, but they want a home field advantage. Everybody come up to Lambeau. So this is, this is a good one. This is going over 47. Anytime you get this big of a contest, this game could go over 60. So mm. over 47 is where we're at there. And I, I take that the upset of the week. Uh, I, there's a lot of close games. The one game that keeps calling me on the upset level, Ray, the Seattle Seahawks going to Washington. I was looking at that one. Actually, That's it's so, funny. so tough. Do you like that? Do you like Seattle in that one? Uh, I mean, I was just looking at it as thinking, well, you know, on the slate here, that's one that, I think pops for this category. Do I like it? Right. I mean, all upsets are going to be a little uncomfortable, if not Mm -hmm. a lot, but I kind of like Seattle to go up there. I mean, everybody keeps, again, I was wrong on Russell Wilson last week Mm -hmm. and, but I would be extraordinarily nervous to keep discounting him. Right. Just if you keep discounting him and thinking it's over with those, you know, the weapons, I just don't see that. And I'm prime time. And by the way, Monday night, guess what? 
Guess whose birthday is on Monday? Who, Jeff Mans? It's Russell Wilson. Yeah, everybody. There you go. Sandra Anello. Ding, ding, ding. Our guy, Sandra Anello, November 29th. And that is, uh, yeah, that, that is his birthday on Monday night. So Russell Wilson in Washington, primetime game. Come on. Come on now, everybody. That's got to be gold. So there you go. That's your survivor. Best bet of the week. Upset of the week as well. Ray Flowers, any final words to the kitties out there before we let them go into their Thanksgiving turkey slumbers? Yeah. Thanks for listening. Jeff Bands, you're the best. Oh, well, that's right. No, Ray, you're the best. Oh, there we go. no, you back. are, Jeff. Uh, all right. I am fine. Uh <laughs> Decided to take that. All right, folks. Thank you so much for downloading, subscribing, commenting. We do so appreciate it. If you tell a friend, spread the word about these podcasts. We love doing them for you. Love cranking out more and more episodes as we get into the 2022 calendar. Guess what? More pods, Ray. Uh, have announcements mm-hmm. about Ray Flowers' future projects coming up. We've got a lot of cool things going down at the Elite Sports Network, Fantasy Guru. Elite Fantasy, Elite Sports Betting. So very good times ahead. Thank you to Ray Flowers for co-hosting with me today. Remember to follow him at Baseball Guys on Twitter. Uh, thank you, one and all, for listening to this episode. Follow me at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans, all one word, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. Remember, you may disagree with some or even everything you heard on this episode today and it's perfectly all right because it was one man's opinion we'll see you next time everybody Deuces.